Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Can we get this live look into El Paso, please, that we wanted to share with our audience? This is uh, El Paso, Texas, as President Trump gets ready for his first Make America Great Again rally of the 2019 calendar year. I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about this. He's going to kick off a little bit over an hour, around 8 o'clock our time, for a big rally to talk about the border situation, the crisis at our southern border in El Paso, Texas. What's interesting about this is that El Paso, Texas is also the exact same congressional district that my man Beto. Beto lost that race against Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> Ted Cruz. So he lost that race, and now Beto is having a march for truth today as well to talk about we don't need walls, apparently open borders is a good thing, and, you know, on and on and on. I bring all this up because as we've been talking with Senator John Hoven as of late about this border conference committee negotiation to try to work out a deal to keep the government open, get a border barrier done, things of that nature. Things were going pretty well until this weekend. All of a sudden, the talk started to break down again. And here is why. The Democrats now are saying they want to cap. They want to cap the detention beds for illegal criminal aliens. They would rather say, hey, let's, let's make sure ICE can cap the detention beds so that if that, you're an illegal convicted criminal that you can go and do the catch and release catch and release and just roam around inside of our nation because they want to essentially abolish ICE. So President Trump tweeted this out. I believe this was yesterday as negotiations started to break down. I want to share this with you. But he said, hey, the border, uh, if we can get the tweet, please. The border committee Democrats are behaving all of a sudden irrationally. Not only are they unwilling to give dollars for the obviously needed wall, they overwrote recommendations of the Border Patrol experts. They sat down with these people, but they don't even want to take murderers into custody. What's going on? And that's what I want to ask you tonight. I mean, if you're someone, look, I get that we kind of have our own little bubble here in North Dakota and Minnesota, but if you go down maybe even into the cities or on the coast, how can anybody look at themselves in the mirror and go, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's cap ICE detention beds so we can have illegal convicted criminals roaming around in our country. I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. If it makes sense to you, please obviously share your point of view with us. I bring this up to give you some data about it as well. I reached out to Senator Hoven's office because he's on this conference committee and said, what is going on here? And so they emailed me this back. They said, Chris, about 48,000 people are currently in ICE detention. Over 92% of ICE's detainees are illegal immigrants who have a criminal conviction, have been arrested for a criminal offense, have final orders of removal, or been previously deported or removed. Now, according to ICE, limiting interior bed space to an arbitrary number, which the Democrats want to do, would necessitate the release of criminals out into our borders. I just cannot believe that they're actually standing this and, hey, this is a good idea for America, let alone they're also, we all know, their calls to abolish ICE for many of the people that are running for president. Remember Kamala Harris equating ICE to the KKK at one point in an actual Senate testimony. So I bring up these presidential hopefuls because somebody a little bit closer to home to us released her presidential aspirations yesterday in a massive Minnesota snowstorm, and that would be Minnesota uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar. I want to share with you a little bit about what she had to say yesterday. I'm asking you not to look down and not to look away anymore. I'm asking you to look up, to look at each other, 
to look at the future before us. Let us rise to the occasion and meet the challenges of our day. Let us cross the river of our divides and walk across our sturdy bridge to higher ground. You know what? God bless Amy Klobuchar for being out there in a snowstorm. It's coming down. She's obviously, I'm assuming, freezing out there, but doing what she needs to do to make that presidential announcement. So you see what's happening there. By the way, Senator Amy Klobuchar has embraced Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal, which would get basically rid of the Minnesota economy. But knowing that, President Trump tweeted this out uh, after Senator Klobuchar's speech. He says, well, it happened again. Amy Klobuchar announced that she is running for president, talking proudly of fighting global warming while standing in a virtual blizzard. Not even virtual. That was a real blizzard of snow, ice, and freezing temperatures. Bad timing. By the end of her speech, she looked like a snowman woman. And so Amy Klobuchar responds back. And I want to get your take on this because this is her tweet response to President Trump. She says, science is on my side at real Donald Trump. Looking forward to debating you about climate change and many other issues. And I wonder how your hair would fare in a blizzard. Ooh, good burn. <laughs> Personally, I thought that burn was terrible. We've got some people right now in the studio that are laughing their heads off at that. So apparently they thought it was pretty good. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's your burn for President Trump? But I guess it's resonating with some people. So I bring that up because obviously that being close to home with Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, I've got to ask you about some more and share with you some more about what's happening in Minnesota as well. In any way, shape or form, does this person who represents, you know, urban Minnesota, Representative Ilan Omar represent you here in greater Minnesota. I bring this up because she's had several now anti-Semitic, anti-Israel tweets you put out, statements. I'm going to share with you one from a while back, but this is just the beginning of sort of a um, trail, if you will, of tweets that show how just anti-Israel, anti-Semitic she is. This is now back from 2012, but to even put this out there, she put Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Now, she was asked about this tweet on CNN, and she's like, what? I don't get it. Why would Jewish people be offensive? Because I'm saying that Israel is hypnotizing the world. That was her actual response. She went on some more rants going against AIPAC and whatnot. Finally, finally, House Democrat leadership, including Nancy Pelosi, called out uh, Representative Omar's tweets as being anti-Semitic and deeply offensive. Many even uh, Democrat representatives that are Jewish are like, what in the world is going on here? So they finally called her out. Then she gave this sort of half apology, if you will, and I want to share it with you just to get your take on it. She says, listening and learning but standing strong. Maybe you can't read that the best, so I'll do my best to read it for you. It says, anti-Semitism is real. And I'm grateful for Jewish allies and colleagues who are educating me in the painful history of anti-Semitic tropes. I'm going to finish this in a moment, but so what? Now you complete ignorance is okay? This is like Governor Northam going, oh, I didn't realize blackface was bad. And these are his words, not mine, until he's like, oh, then I asked my colored people friends and realized that blackface isn't good. So now she can think, oh, finally, now I'm getting educated about anti-Semitic tropes and realizing how hurtful it is? So anyway, she goes on to say, my intention is never to offend my constituents or Jewish Americans as a whole. Okay. We've always to be willing to step back and think through criticism, just as I expect people to hear me when others attack me for my identity. That is why I'm unequivocally 
apologize. So there's more to that. This thing blew up on our Facebook page, so would love to know your point of view and your thoughts on Representative Omar and her anti-Semitic, anti-Israel stance and tweets. Another person on social media that is causing quite the firestorm is North Dakota Representative Rick Becker. We're going to have him join us live here in just a moment. But what he, what's causing the firestorm is this, if we can bring this up. This is a Facebook post that he reposted. I want to share it with you uh, and give you a chance. He, as you can see here, it says free stuff, citizen, and then government suggesting what many people are saying is prison rape is what they say this meme is suggesting. I think what people are most, what I'm hearing from people at least, are most offended by is that Representative Rick Becker puts OMG, oh my gosh, ha 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 ha, within the context of this picture. So Representative Becker is joining us now live from our studio in Bismarck. Representative Becker, great to have you with us, sir. I guess we gotta just start with the basics as why. You're a state representative, why repost that meme with those sort of suggestions? Well, I thought it was funny, Chris. Uh, I mean, I've got, I've got a sense of humor. I love, I love funny memes. Um, and is it slightly off color? Sure, but you know, I'm a, I'm a real person. I didn't, I didn't shed being a real person when I became a representative. Um, I, I don't think it's patently offensive. If it was, you wouldn't have just shown it uh, on the screen. Uh, people are trying to make it that it's 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 about prison rape. Uh, no, it's it's about being aware of unintended and unpleasant consequences when you think you're just getting simple free stuff from the government, or when you want your state to go ahead and jump into that federal program because it's free money. So, you know, you can read into it, or the people that are a little hypersensitive are, are reading into it what they want. Um, but but it's as simple as that. So what are the unintended consequences? What are, you, what are you alluding to when you say unintended consequences for free stuff? Well, the government doesn't have its own money. So anything that, that is perceived to be free or without strings actually does. I mean, every government program that is, is brought about has these unintended consequences. It, it has good intentions, but doesn't actually accomplish what it sets out to do. Or it, it, it has good intentions, but people aren't aware of the, the, the secondary unintended consequences of what happens to people who aren't directly affected, or what happens to the economy at, at a second stage of, of uh, 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 after the, the implementation of a certain policy or program. So let me, let me so, bring... So, I mean, it's, it's as straightforward as that. Is, let me bring the meme back up, Representative Becker, if you don't mind. Um, to be fair to you, I, I asked several sure. people outside of myself to go... Hey, I just want to show this to you. I want to get your response. Let's bring the meme up, please. Um, they were kind of like, ooh. I mean, their jaws kind of dropped. When I asked you why, you said, hey, Chris, because it's funny. What's funny about this? Mm -hmm. Well, it came from a, uh, a comedy movie, uh, which was pretty funny and, um, and made a lot of money because it was funny. So I guess, you know, we could go back and ask the people that paid tickets and laughed at the movie theater what was funny about it. Um, but, but what's funny is it takes a, a well-known meme and a movie that uh, was, I think, in the late 70s or maybe the 80s, I don't know, um, and, and it, it takes something that is very real and, and makes it more approachable because it humorizes it. And that, that very real thing is the idea that people need to be aware that there are strings attached, that there are unintended consequences when you just think there's a free program or a free uh, policy that the government is handing out. Um, it's as simple as that. 
I want to share with you a little bit about what the North Dakota Democrats uh, put out a statement with that said and give you a chance to respond to. This is from their chairman, uh, Warren Larson. He says, Representative Becker's Facebook post is offensive to victims of sexual assault and violence and beneath the office he holds. His refusal to apologize and the fact that he is fundraising off this controversy shows his indifference to the pain sexual assault, assault victims face every day. Your response to that, sir? It's a, it's a non-troversy is the term I heard earlier. Uh, they're, they're, they're making stuff up. This isn't, this isn't about uh, um, being, uh, lacking empathy or, or compassion for people who have uh, suffered that terrible trauma. It has nothing to do with that. It's taking something that's really simple that your average citizen in North Dakota would, would either find funny or at the very least not offensive and magnifying it. It's, it's manufactured outrage. It's because I'm a political figure. They're elevating it to something that's, that's beyond uh, um, even understandable or logical. And they're actually not angry about the posting the meme as much as they are angry about the fact that I'm refusing to apologize and refusing to take it down. And they're even more angry that they're driving um, this publicity that you're interested in talking to me about it or the, the papers or uh, what have you and driving Facebook likes and things like that. So they take something that's complete nothing burger and, and, and just creating something that's crazy. I think some people would say symbols are very, very powerful and that people can, you know, obviously extrapolate their own symbols from that meme. Um, last thing, sir, I, this thing alluded to it, you are doing it, your fundraising off the situation. Why use it as a fundraising opportunity? Well, it was, it was a suggestion by someone in my campaign and I said, yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, you know, this, what we're, what we're talking about is really bigger picture stuff here and that is that on the left, people are trying to constantly silence people on the right. They're trying to control uh, what speech is acceptable, what's not. And if you don't do what they think is acceptable, they will try to tear you down. And, and we have to stand up to that. What That mentality is what got them uh, President Trump elected. That's where the silent majority came out and voted and said, you know, we are so sick. Of, of your political correctness and your control of how we think and what we do and what we say, we're over it. So I'm putting that out there. If people want to donate because they support that, great. Then that helps my next campaign. Is there any piece of you that wants to apologize for reposting it? No, there's zero piece of me that wants to apologize. All right, sir. Thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate you coming on. You know, a lot of people Thank you for try to me. dodge and hey, I don't want to talk about it. So. I definitely respect the fact that you joined us, took the questions, and let people hear directly from you. So thank you very much, Representative. Thank you.